Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 94, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays. We review the new hotness in Imperial Steam, and then... We have our board court of the 18XX off. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. <laughs> yeah, I, can tell. I, forgot about the, I forgot about the board court. Oh, no, that does not bode <laughs> well, well I mean, for you. Yeah, oh. well, you know. <laughs> we'll be good. We'll be good. We, we got this. It does uh, feel like a, a uh, weird, different vibe. I'm uh, yeah, we're like on location here at yeah. Chad's house. <laughs> we're not usually at, so... Uh, Hopefully it sounds okay. I got a little lost driving here, I'll be honest with you. It's been like two years since I've been to your house. <laughs> he just avoids it like the plague. Uh, I, I missed the turn because I know I usually turn yeah, on yeah, cast yeah. to come down here and I missed it. And I was like, oh, well, I can go back another way. But yeah, we got here. We got here. So. I'm glad you didn't have any trauma flashbacks coming, yeah. coming up. No, first. luckily not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start off with it, guys. Here it is. The big announcement, which we've already put on Slack. But here it is. PPCon 2022. All right, everybody. So the big announcement. So like I said, uh, PPCon 2022, it is going to be May 26th through May 29th. So a Thursday through a Sunday. And we got them. We got, we're going to start at 10 a.m. on Thursday. And we don't stop until 6 p.m. on Sunday. So and, we got four days woo. of gaming. And that's uh, Memorial Day weekend, too. So you got an extra travel day. There you go. So, yeah. So you can you don't have to rush back to work right away. Yeah, you can take a nice long week vacation if you want to. You know, come come out and see the see the sites in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We got a okay. zoo. We, we, hey, yeah, we have yeah. a zoo. We got a zoo. We got a good zoo. We got a zoo. Hey, we got hey, we got the best burger in Omaha right down the street from me. <laughs> this is one you of the few places out? where the Lus Hills are too. Lus Hills. Was that something I, I've never heard of ben, that in my Was that life. something Ben talked about? <laughs> no, no, it's the only other place that it's it's silt hills from glacial movements across the continent. Oh. And the Yangtze River in China is one of the other few places where there is mm. Lus Hills. You should probably go see it there. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to say you should probably go see a therapist. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, so we we have got a, I think it's a pretty cool spot that I, I have worked out a deal with. It is, it's real close to, it's a called Ashland, Nebraska is the place that it's called. Uh, well, that's the city that it's called. That's not the place that it's called. But anyways, it's halfway in between Omaha and Lincoln. So we'll be... Very convenient for any of our listeners in either Omaha or Lincoln. If they don't want to come out and spend the night with us, even since we would love them to, but if they don't want to, they can kind of come back and forth. And those that are coming from out of town, it's going to be, you know, in this, uh, it's a retreat center. And so we literally, if we get enough people, we're literally going to have an entire building to ourselves. Yep. Nobody else will be there. So take it over. Yeah. So it's got, uh, you know, it's got a bunch of, uh, nice. I mean, they're nice hotel rooms. They're very mm-hmm. large. Uh, a lot of them have uh, two queen size beds in them, and they actually have plenty of room for them to bring in an extra bed. It's not a cot. 
it's an extra bed that they can bring in there. So if people want to have some more people in the room to, to cut down on costs or whatever, we have those options. Uh, there are a lot of great things. Uh, the best thing that I was that I'm really excited about is the hospitality suite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, they stock this thing for us. It's all there. It's all included. So it's got a bunch of sodas. It's got water bottles. It's got chips and and like cookies and snacks. And it's also got a full coffee bar thing. So people that are coffee drinkers, it's got a full thing of that. It's got tea. It's got uh, hot cocoa. It's got juice. All this is included. So we don't ever, you know, you don't have to worry about any of those things. Um, and then not only is all that included, but if you stay at the hotel with us, you're going to get all your meals included also. So Good breakfast, deal. lunch, and dinner. Yeah, so it's all included. So for anybody from out of town, that's all there. Anybody who's just in Lincoln and Omaha, you can still stay out there with us if you want to. But there'll also be some options for if you just want to come out uh, for, you know, we'll have a pass for the for the four days. Uh, and you can basically then, you know, pay for your meal separately if you decide you want to do that or, or not if you don't want to eat there, if you just want to. You just want to eat the cookies and the crackers and the Cokes. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. And, uh, you know, it's May, so that's still fairly temperate in Nebraska. It's not it's uh, not horribly no, hot. No, I mean, no. you know, uh, it, can, it can be iffy, but we'll see. So there is a beautiful, like, where are the gaming areas? For one thing, there's two rooms. One is very nice, large size room, and one is a what I would consider a medium size room, but there's still plenty. I mean, I'm talking, we can get probably 30 tables in the big room and probably like 20 in the midsize room. So we got plenty of room. They've got nice rectangle tables. They got nice chairs. I mean, I was, I checked all this out. I made, I made sure four gamers it's there. We got good lighting. Uh, let's say they also have some big round tables. So like if you want to get a big game of twilight Imperium going, you know, it's got some nice big, big tables and stuff like that. Um, so they got all that. And then right outside the room we're playing in is a nice little area where it's got a, you know, some chairs and a wooded area that you can go out and have, a, you know, just relax. Uh, they even said they'd start a fire for us every night. You can go fishing pit, too. You know, yeah, you can go fishing. Yeah. I think you can go fishing. There's a night and they got some trails that you can go walking. So, I mean, hopefully really you want to come because you want to play board games. But, you know, I mean, hey, maybe, if you need a little break. Yeah, maybe day three, you're like, hey, I need an hour to myself and you can go off and, you know, walk on the trail or whatever. So, yeah, so there's some nice options. And you're going to have the, the Punch Borders collection there as the library. We, That's right. We That's will a have a collection. nice yeah. collection. Yeah, and we, I am going to take a page out of the Age of Steam book and we're oh, yeah, going to yeah, make yeah. a spreadsheet of, you know, name games you would like to play. And then that way... Like, let's say, uh, you know, let's say, Chad, you put down uh, 18XX, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you got three other people who say, I'd like to play 18XX. And then, boom, Chad goes, hey, I know these three people want to play 18 And then you can get together and right. say, hey, let's play 18XX. Right. You know, or you got three people that say, hey, I want to play Crystal Palace. Boom. You know, instead of that way, make it a little bit easier of trying to start some games up, you know, where that way you've got some people that, you know, Hey, I, you know, these people want to play the games or whatever. So For sure. I'm going to take yeah. that. There's some other things I'm going to steal from some other cons. We're going to have some fun things going on. Right. It's, it's going to be great. I am. I'm really excited about it. So, so Hey, listeners, if you're, if you're thinking you want to try to come, you're serious, you want to know more about it on our 
Board Game Geek Guild, Guild 3227. We're going to have a post soon about the kind of cost breakdown so you can get some more details on that and kind of figure out whether it's feasible. But we're making it as as price, as affordable as we can uh, po- possibly do because we want to see everybody there. So that's that's it. Looking forward to it. Hope you, hope you all can make it. Going to be a good time. Second thing oh. on the docket, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Second thing on the docket, I just want to bring it up. We were talking because we're going to hit episode 100 before we know it here. Mm-hmm. And... We talked about what to do. We wanna we wanna celebrate. We wanna make it special because actually a hundred of anything seems like an accomplishment. Much much less a, a podcast with you guys. So uh, we we really feel like this podcast and the reason we do it, and the reason we keep doing it, the reason we reach uh, we're going to reach a hundred is because of the listeners, because of the punch bunch. And so we want really to celebrate you as much as uh, Punchboard Paradise. So we came up with the idea that if you would like to, you could send us a sound file just of you talking. Uh, you can wish us a happy 100th. And then we'd love to hear if you were to sit down with the Punchboarders or a couple of the Punchboarders or one of the Punchboarders, what game you would like to play with us. We would love to hear that. So you could just send us a sound file if you want to of uh, wishing us a happy 100th and what game you want to play with the Punchboarders. We'd love to have it. You could send it to our uh, Gmail address, which is punchboardparadise at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Well... That's business. Woo, that was a lot of business. All right, but that was a lot of business. Business out of the way. Business out of the way. Fun time. What uh, What have you gentlemen been playing lately? Well, I've actually uh, played a Kinesia game uh, here recently. Uh, Tutankhamun. Have you heard of this one or seen this one? I've seen it. Is this um, a new Kinesia game? Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. new Kinesia game. Okay. Came out not too long ago. Um, hmm. a, a small box, little you know, yeah. so it wasn't wasn't too expensive. So, and I'm, I'm usually apt to pick up Kinesia games because I like a lot of times he'll have very simple rule set and, uh, you know, yet uh, high strategy. And so I, I picked it up. Um, it is a tile picking up game where you're picking up different tiles as you're kind of supposedly moving a boat down the Nile kind of thing. And so to start with in this game, you're going to take all I don't know, like it seems like it's like a hundred and some odd tiles and you're going to kind of make a snake out of them randomly of all the tiles. And then on your turn, you're going to move your boat. You can move it as far forward as you want to, or you can move one spot back. Okay. So obviously kind of the, the rub of this game is, oh, I really need this one tile to complete my set, which will give me points but it's way up there and I'm going to skip a whole bunch of tiles to get there. Do I want to jump that far ahead and, and, you know, miss out on some other stuff because you can only ever go one step backwards. So you're just going through and you're picking up and collecting these tiles. And like I said, when you collect a set, or I should say, when you pick up the last tile of a set, you will assess who has like the most tiles in the, of that set and they'll get so many points and then whoever has the second most will get, you know, some lesser points type of thing like that. So uh, you don't always have to have the most of anything to points. And I should say, when I say gain points, you're actually going down in points. The object of the game is to get to zero points. And then that is Hmm. your, your winner. So you're, you're kind of start off. This is one of those games that also includes the box because the box is your score track. So it kind of, and this is where you also put a little 
tomb to kind of know where, you know, type of thing. I don't know. So anyways, that's right. Now I remember that this is the one where you play with the box there. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, uh, so like I said, so you're just picking up these tiles and that's all there is to it. I mean, you're really just, uh, when all tiles get passed up by all players, it goes to a, a different area. Uh, really one of the more unique things though, is you can also pick up these God tiles as you go along. And these God tiles will do different things like let you, maybe exchange a tile for a different one in the, you know, still on the Nile, or it may let you go trade with, I forget what the little area is called, but where the dead tiles have gone to, you can go and maybe get some of those or whatever. So kind of maybe using those God tiles to, to your advantage. I only got to play it once and I'll say this. I wasn't like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It was just kind of a, okay. It was okay. Type of game. Right. Um, I will say this. It takes longer to set up almost than it takes to play. <laughs> I would say it sounds you, light. You have to make that big snake. And I mean, there's so many tiles. Mm-hmm. It takes you a long time to get all those tiles all set up in, in the snake type of thing. And so, but then you're just taking them and it was like, boom, boom, boom. The game is over. And I was like, yeah, that, that was crazy. But I would say if you like Kinesia and you like lighter Kinesia games, this one would be okay to pick up. Mm-hmm. I don't think this one is going to stay in my collection. I may play it another time just to, you know, since I, I've only gotten the one play, but I don't, it's not something that I'm like, Ooh, I really want to play this uh, more than once. Just, it, it was just okay is what I would say. But if that's kind of your jam of a lighter, you know, type of thing with, with small rules and a little bit of strategy in them, it could be something nice presence. And they did a good job with it, you know? So that was uh Tutankhamen, common and i apologize i don't remember the publisher right now but it's from reiner canizia so nice all right. richie what did you play lately well i've been playing a lot of games with Knox. we've been trying to nice. find stuff that he can play nice. i'm looking at the boxes anything that says eight eight plus he can usually handle okay i messed up and tried a, a 10 plus game Ooh, it was rough okay. <laughs> it was rough okay. getting through uh, but we played Raptor. I don't know if either one of you played Raptor yeah, that's before. That's a yeah. two-player game. A that's two-player. Bruno, Bruno Catala, I think. Yeah, the Brunos, both uh, oh, Fiduti and uh, Catala. So. Uh, but in the game, uh, basically one side is the, the mama Raptor, and she's trying to protect her babies. Uh-huh. And the other side are the scientists, and they're trying to get them. And he's like, what, what, why are the scientists trying to get the Raptors? And I was like, I mean, it's not good. Knox, I'll just let you know that. I don't know what they're going to do to them. You ruined it like La Isla for me, right? <laughs> exactly. I, was sure. like, I don't know what they're going to do with them, but I mean, obviously, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> <laughs> but he played as the, the raptor, and I was the scientist, because he was super excited once he was like, one of the action is kill a scientist. And he was like, oh, I want to I want to be the, the raptor. So, But the way the game works is that both sides have their own deck of cards, uh, nine cards, I think, total. And you draw a hand of three cards. And then you both select a card simultaneously, and then you'll reveal. Uh, and they're numbered. So, like, think, uh, like, Get Bit. There's another one that I've taught mm-hmm. him recently. Uh-huh. It's the same mechanism. Or you'll reveal. If the numbers match, they cancel each other out. You just discard those cards, okay. draw a new card, play again. If they are different, then the lower card gets to do the action that is on their card. Okay. And then the higher, whoever played the higher number then gets a number of action points based on the difference between the two cards Okay, that they can do different things on the board. Uh, and the whole goal of the game, if you're the scientist, you're trying to either uh, shoot the raptor mom five wow. times with uh, tranquilizers wow. so that she falls okay. asleep okay, or capture three of her babies. And if you're the raptor mom, you're either trying to kill all of the scientists <laughs> 
or get three of your babies off the board. And there are exit points on the corners. Okay. And he did great. The only thing as far as like he's six years old. So if you're teaching a younger kid, the only thing that I started teaching it and then I just stopped and we just started playing the game is that there are actions, uh, you know, a unique action on each card, except for the, the highest is a nine. There's no action on that. But trying to explain all of these actions to him, uh-huh. like beforehand, was yeah. a Too nightmare. Much. It's Too hard much. to keep in his brain. Yep. Right. He wasn't going to be able to keep it in his brain. And plus, it's not a guarantee that you'll actually get the action because right. you have to be the lower number. Right. right. So I like I taught like one or two and then like his eyes were glazing over and I was like, let's just let's just play. <laughs> and then he was fine and he was able to handle it. And then as he got to do the actions, he learned them and remembered them that way. Sure. Okay. So that if you got a younger kid, just just start playing after you you explain the the basic the rules of the game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was a blast, and uh, that's a game that uh, we can. That's in our list of games that he can play. Sure. And it, and he enjoyed. So, so is he is he coming to you and saying, "Hey, Dad, let's let's play a yeah. game right now." Yep. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's, that's nice. fantastic. I work from home, and like he's been home. He only had to go to school twice this week, so he's he was home today, and he'll just run over and like, "Hey, let's play a game." So yeah, it's it's been good. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, that's a nice work too, you know. Yeah, okay. Let's go play a game <laughs> while I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I got I got Brockman I'm um, playing Food Chain Magnate on the computer and then I got Raptor set up next to me. Oh, wow. Must must I be mean, nice. You can, you're complaining about being at work. So, I've been at work so. 24 hours, 7 days a week. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I want to hear it. This is my worst week as a retail store manager. Black Friday, everybody else is like, oh, it's time to eat and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "Uh, no, I'm just working this entire (laughs) week. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, Chad, what have you been playing? It looks like you are, you're looking a little heated over there. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I uh, There was a big sale on this game. And uh, so I was a sucker and went, sure, why not? Because I thought. I'm going to try this game out, and it, maybe it's something that Finn wants to play. Well, right yeah. there, I see it's Fantasy Flight. Mm. I'm n- yeah, I know. Well, see, Fantasy Flight does these stuff, the things with IP that kind of have story to them, supposedly. But I, <laughs> So I played this Uh-oh. with our friend Josh the other day. Uh, it is called Star Wars Outer Rim, a game of bounty hunters, mercenaries, and smugglers for one, two, four players. And the game design is by Corey Konetska and... Tony Fanchi. Uh, so anyway. Oh, is there a lot of pieces in there? If I no, you tilt can, it? No, you okay. can tilt it. I just wanted to read the, the box. Oh, I got you, got you. So basically, this game, honestly, I think this game is kind of like Firefly for Star Wars players. I have heard that. Uh, I've heard on the Dice Tower them talking about that. Yeah, so basically, that's. I just told you what it's about. You either... Well, you can do a mix of the things, of course, right? So you can you can be Boa Fett looking for his, you know, bounty and trying to capture people and sell them off, you know, to Jabba or, or okay. whatever. You can be a mercenary where you're trying to assassinate certain guys. Or you can be a smuggler where you're just picking up stuff from, from uh, Naboo and taking it to Dal Hutta or whatever, you know, different planets. And so you can do a mix of those things, but really the first person to 10 fame, because each of those different actions will get you fame along the way, uh, is the winner, basically. And it, it ends as soon as somebody's gotten it, basically. Got so it. I was interested. I had heard that before, and I had a bad, bad experience with the Firefly game, but part of that was one of the people I played with. But I thought, you know, if they can do it right in a shorter amount of time, maybe that would be worth it. And then Finn would like it. So 
the board, one of the one of the biggest problems for me, and one of our friends who had played this previously, he got he gets so mad because of how the the print is on the cards, like really tiny print. It's not so bad, but you certainly can't look across the board very easily when you're playing with a bunch of people and see what you know what is what. That that's kind of annoying. But what I'll say is that um, the board is this puzzle piece thing that you just set up in an arc. It's not even a board. It's like mm. fit these pieces together in an arc, which, first of all, that's a really pissy problem for me if, you, if you're going to play a game of pick up and deliver. Part of the idea of pick up and deliver is pick your route out and try to efficiently mm. figure out which way. It's left or right. <laughs> it's, it's just left or right. What the heck? So, and, so, and you have to like go, like you can't just pick up from like here and just jump. Yeah, no, there's no like you, jumping. You have to go you have adjacent. To, yeah, exactly. You're gotcha. flying on these spots and, and you know, certain kind of hyperdrive spots that sort of flow across the map. So yeah, there's no jumping. The only different, the only difference is how you fit those puzzle pieces together in the beginning. And then that, you know, that will randomize it, but you're just going to different planets and you're trying to either get bounty or cargo. You can run into these uh, ships and basically you kind of change your alliances with like Imperials and rebels and, and other, you know, bounty hunter type guilds, stuff like that. And based on what your alliance is, or if you've done good things or bad things for that group, if you run into them, you'll have to fight them. If you are friends, you won't. You can get stuff like the Millennium Falcon and upgrade it. You know, when you fight, you can roll dice. Uh, actually, one of the mechanisms in this game is you you have die, and it's sort of like skill checking all the time. So if I want to pick up uh, this guy in a, in a cargo hold or something like that, I have to flip over this card from where he's at, which there's a deck in numbered cards. I look at the card, and it gives me a skill that I'll need to do that. Then I check my own skills of Lando Calrissian or whoever I happen to be and any crew members that I might have that might have that skill and my ship, which might have the skill. And so then I might be... There's the firefly. Yeah, exactly. I might be preferable to, you know, I might have some skill in this thing, and that'll help influence my die rolls. But you could get bupkis if you have if you mm. roll pretty bad mm-hmm. which in this kind of game you know that that's that and that wasn't the most annoying thing it was just that it really didn't seem to tell much of a story it, it you know again the pickup and deliver was like really inane and not interesting at all because mm. because w- what decisions do you really have to make you just have to hope that you can get across quick enough and you can upgrade your ship to move faster you know and maybe your cannons are worse or something like that mm. but, oh what and a- it's just a race for fame points? Yeah, it's a race it for fame points. And, and mm. I, I, it just, I mean, yes, you can kind of send ships to, you know, like ships to your other players that they might not be allied with. So that kind of slows them down or hurts them. But it's just not interesting at all. And it, and it's clearly to me, I'm surprised because I thought, oh, they have this opportunity to sort of improve on the Flyer Fly system and make it a shorter game. And, you know, but it really feels like it was just a cash in. You know, and maybe I should, maybe I should be used to that. But Rebellion, I, I think personally, it's not everybody's game, but I think Rebellion is a decent game and not a cash in. It's like War of the Ring, but for Star Wars, and it's a it's a very good game. But this was, ugh, I wouldn't recommend it even on sale. So mm. I'm really mm. disappointed. Mm. Yeah, that's not that's not being played ever again. Oh. <laughs> well, at least uh, you know, good well, thing Josh is around that we can try out some <laughs> yeah, these, these you know, types of games. Josh will play anything. He's like Mikey; he'll yep. try anything. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love that. Well, what you probably should have done is you should have talked to one of the experts at Hobbytown in Lincoln, Nebraska, 
and they could have given you some advice about the game. Yeah, they probably would have uh, would have steered me to something more my speed. Possibly. So, hey, if you are in around the Lincoln area and you are looking for a game, Hobbytown in their two locations in Lincoln both have a great selection of games. And if you're looking for something specific and they don't have it, hey, they will order it for you and they will get it to you. Shipping, no charge whatsoever. Pretty good, Hobbytown. Absolutely. It's time for our feature review dun, 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 of Imperial Steam. Chugga, 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 chugga. Toot, toot. All aboard. Next stop, Trieste. We can't make it all the way there. We need more rails. We need more engineers. We need more money. In Imperial Steam, Southern Railways of Austria, 1839 to 1857. It is a game published by Capstone Games, designed by Alexander Huemer. It is a two to four player game at approximately 90 to 120 minutes. In Imperial Steam, players will be choosing action spots, and these action spots will give you different, uh, will obviously give you different actions like building rails. Uh, you can build factories that will help you produce goods. Um, you will be, uh, some of the actions are simply to get money. Um, all of these actions, ultimately, what you're going to be doing is trying to create a path through Austria to Trieste. Um, and, you know, obviously getting to different areas that will allow you to build factories or deliver goods to them so that you can kind of keep your money engine rolling. Um, as the game goes on, you will get more and more actions where you actually start the game with only two of them. You, I think it's by like round four, you're up to five actions. So you'll just be doing these different things. You can always go to somewhere somebody else can go. If you go to your own place, though, you are going to lose influence uh, the influence in this game is very important because that's how you will be able to gain more engineers for cheaper price and also then gain some of these specialty engineers because sometimes you have to build ones that are kind of either tunnels or bridges. Uh, you also can do things like purchase new train cars that will get you more box cars to be able to store more uh, goods that you'll need to obviously do these things. And then you can also get contracts like government contracts that will uh, that you have to fulfill by the end of the game that will also get you investors. And you can sometimes sell some of your shares to these investors. Um, there's a whole bunch obviously going on in this game and I'm not even going to come close to telling you how to play this game in just this little bit, but it's a lot of these different actions. And just, like I said, the ultimate goal is kind of try to get down to Trieste. And then um, the person, like I said, who has the most money at the end of the game is the winner. Uh, there you go. So kind of, like I said, kind of a hard game to kind of go over how exactly it is, but I'll say the main thing, worker placement type of action. I wouldn't even call it worker placement. I would say action, action selection. selection. Yeah. And uh, you're just, you know, trying to build rails and, you know, and, and then doing all the other stuff to kind of help you keep building rails. Okay. So this is, this is a deep game. I mean, I would say this is a, a very heavy. Before we get into it, I'm, I'm very, yeah. I'm happy with that. The little, I don't, 
We should give that his voice that he does of that little guy. We had we had him for the food chain magnate. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Hey. It's really interesting that they they dropped that guy with the southern drawl in the middle of Austria. But yeah, just, that's all right. Well, we certainly don't. We don't want Andy to hear my German the, accent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, Andy did the sound true. effects, so I don't have to put those in. I like that. Yeah, no, I know, appreciate there, it. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, we'll start off um, where we kind of always do uh, just uh, components and uh, iconography and just kind of the, the layout. Um, Chad, what what's your kind of your thoughts on the, the, the art and components here? Well, I will say I love the player colors because it has turquoise and purple, which are two of my favorites. So that's one good thing. Uh, wow, the, we're not starting off. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the bits are really chunky. I did not read the rule book, and we'll get back to that in a second, but I did nope. not read the rule book. I will say one thing, though. Uh, this game does have a lot of iconography, and one thing that really killed me was there's 11 different tiles, I think, of worker placement spots, uh -huh. and it's all purely iconography. It would have been nice to have a couple of player aids uh, for those because there really wasn't... It certainly is language independent. Yeah. So, I mean, it mm -hmm. does have a little player aid, but it's it's all, once again, just the iconography. You know, you can't, it's nothing different. You can't, yeah. nothing Yeah, exactly. It, it would have been nice to have something that explained all those actions. I wonder, so maybe, uh, you know, if I was to teach this game in the future, maybe if I could find something on, uh, you know, Board Game Geek of maybe like a little thing that listed out the 11 actions or yes. whatever. Because, so. I yeah. mean, you're thinking about so much in this game to have to look back at the board and go, God, what was that? Now, particular spot again. I, I think you were fairly familiar with the go get ten dollars spot. Though. You, you got <laughs> yeah. that one, right? After a while, I just tried to park my hand. <laughs> what is the hand about? What's the, I don't know why I'm asking That's you really about thematically. Do I they talk? They no call idea. that out? No, I don't. Not that I remember. I don't. I don't remember mm -hmm. in the, ever if, saying why. If we're gonna get into thematics, I, I want to know like how come. If we're going to get into thematics, I want to know, Richie, explain to me how come your workers get smarter and then when they go build something, they get dumber again. <laughs> no, the theme was if you didn't use them, then they were able to stay in school and learn more. So then they got smarter. Obviously, if they went out to work, they don't get smarter because they're working. They're not learning. That's true. They don't go down. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah they right. stay you're where right. you're at. They yeah. stay where they're at. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. true. That works. Perfect thematicness. Thematicness? Is that oh, a yeah. Sure. That's I'm going to go reason. with it. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Richie, what was your feelings on the uh, art and components? Uh, they were good. And, and like Chad said, with the colors, it, it's nice for like a heavier game to be a little bit more colorful, not, yeah. Yeah. not just bland and, and yep. drab. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, but yeah, overall, fantastic. I'm just, I, I just want to know what the hand's about for your, maybe you're making a deal. Maybe you're oh, shaking. You oh, yeah. I'm shaking know. the deal and saying, hey, I'm going to build some track and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's my only question is that those okay. hands. Right. <laughs> it really bothered you. It bugs um, me a little bit. Okay. Uh, I, I feel, I mean, I I think the art is very nice. I mean, I when you look at the board, it's very vibrant, as you said. I mean, the colors are all vibrant. There's a couple of extra boards that you use that, uh, you know, look good. And to me, uh, now, as I've, I've played this quite a few times now, everything to me makes very good sense. It's very... You know, like when you buy a factory, it's very, okay, that's the cost. You know, when you sell a good, you look over there. Like, I think they did a very nice job of delivering a very heavy game that has a lot of stuff going on. I think they did a nice job of, of making it very language independent and yet easy to understand, I think. Um, the action selection spots, 
you know, and I'm sure they probably just ran, you know, like a board would have even been too too big to even just kind of, because they don't change. I mean, there's 11 action spots and yet they're all different placards are all, you know, they almost could have just made that an extra board as opposed to placards. Yeah, or I mean, maybe they have a expansion in mind or something. That's true. Because then you could swap those out pretty easily. That is true. That would be really cool. So um, I'll touch on the rule book because I definitely, um, I was taught this game um, by Joe Farrell, but I, I kind of cheated and read the rule book beforehand, but he does that all the time to me. So I'm okay with it. But, <laughs> um, so I, I actually think the rule book is very nice. I think it's laid out very well. I, you know, and in fact, if I'm looking for a rule, I find it very easy to go and find the rule because of all, like all the actions are laid out nice and simple. The setup is, is very nice. It shows all the components, you know, it just did a really nice job. It's a nice full colored. It's, this is what coffee traders should have been the rule book should have yeah, looked like this for right. coffee traders that complicated of a game you don't want to get fancy with the rule book you want to make it nice and easy and colorful and, and easy to get all to the, what you're looking for and this knocked it out of the park i don't always feel this way but i feel like i would have done better at the game initially if i had read the rule book like this is a game that i think you can see connections in the rule book and, and that helps you absorb the game a little bit better before you play because there's a, there's a lot going on in this game and a lot of synergy. And this is, again, we'll get into it more with gameplay, but this is one of those games where before the game starts, you look at the board and you're making some decisions about how you're going to play. Yeah, it, it's, it is a, a tough game to kind of grasp when you first are, you know, it's like, well, okay, what am I doing right away? You know, type of thing. And um, especially your ultimate goal I think in the game is to get that st your stock price up to that top and get those investors with those contracts and be able because that is you don't want to be taking those investors with the low money and no. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain this and obviously we're now kind of into gameplay here as we're moved on but um, there is an a extra board where you have a stock price that starts at like I think 30 bucks or whatever and you can move it up from different actions and it goes all the way up to $240. And then if you get these investors from contracts, you can remove these investors and gain that amount of money that they're willing, whatever the stock price is that they're willing to pay, which if you get to the top one is $240. Now, however, each one of these investors that you use to get money is going to lose you 10% of your money at the end of the game. And as we said, that's how you win the game. So you don't want to be pulling it off at the 30 or $60 mark because then you're losing money. Uh, I would say an average score in this game is around $1,000. So if you imagine every investor is going to lose you about 100 bucks. Well, if you're making 240, obviously it's okay. If you're making 60, it's not okay. Right. right. Well, and I think that strategy where if you get a lot of investors, you can maybe sort of counteract that with the uh, merch slog glognets connection uh, if, you, if you really were thinking, basically. I'm assuming that's the thing that doubles your income at the end of the game. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> I have yet to see anybody get that. <laughs> if it doubled your income during the game, during the game I would think, yeah. okay, I might go for it. But right. I think uh, to make that strategy work, I think you have to have a lot of passenger cars. Yes. So, uh, so what Chad's yeah. talking about, there's a, you get these business points and these, when you connect from one of your rails and you can use these business points either to move up influence, you can use them to move up your stock price, or you can turn one of your box cars into a passenger car, and then it just gets you annual, what am I? Income. Uh, it gets yeah, you income, income every round. Yeah, yeah, yeah it gets you income every single round. Mm -hmm. And 
I I have tried a game where I kind of tried to go the income route. I just don't know if you can get enough to then supplement what you need to do for the, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, you need my, that big dump of money. Yeah. Yeah. You need that yeah. big dump. of Cause money. even when you get that money, you're like, Oh, finally. Cause it's, I yeah. mean, the money is so tight in this game. Yes. And then, so you get this big dump of money. And you're like, great. Now I have this. And uh-huh. then the next round, it's pretty much all gone. It's again. gone. Right. It goes fast. <laughs> it goes fast. Have you ever seen anybody do three trains? Uh, possibly. I can't remember for sure, but somebody might have done three trains. Because I'm wondering if you could pull off like a couple of trains that are shorter, and then I don't know. The problem is, is like I said, I mean, first of all, three trains in our game. Did you? Okay. I mean, as you're building, and and the track is the most well. I said the track is is free, but to get the cubes, you know, the resources is really tough. So when you get these business points, and first of all, I mean, you'd have to build to some of these places that would have the the business points. Well, then you're going to just wreck your train because it turns them into passenger cards. And you no longer can, and uh, you can no longer get, um, put goods Store on the them. Cubes right. On yeah. It, yeah. So then you would have to be buying a new train. And then if you're doing that, then all of a sudden you're stopped worrying about, you're not building tracks. So then you're not moving towards business points. I, I don't know. I w- I, it's something I would like to try. And this is a game that I feel like right now, at least I still have some exploration in it, you know, and I'm obviously, mm-hmm. I'm getting real far into the thought process here, but I don't know if that would work or not. I don't know if the investor, what I'll call the investor strategy is the better way because it gets you those big, big jumps of track. I mean, maybe you know, if no one connects to Trieste in that game. But I think if someone connects to Trieste and you're not building track, at least getting yep. close, yep. then you're you're done. Because in our three-player game, that's what happened to both of you is you both had to pay me a lot right. of money there at the end because I was the only one who got there. And then if, you're, if, if that's the case at the end of the game, Everybody else has to pay whoever is the closest to, you know, whatever their track is to get there. And so that could be a real big money kill. Another thing to think about, too, is that uh, if nobody gets to Trieste, then your contracts that you have are worth nothing. Right. Yeah, right. so you're in big trouble. If, uh, if have you played does. a game yet, though, where no one connected? I have not played a game yet. It just seems too lucrative games. not to go... Yep. To it. Is yep. it possible? I mean, I, you can get in each other's way. I don't know if you can get in each other's way enough to keep somebody from getting there, but then you'd want to get there yourself. It's yeah. Like yeah, it's a thing if you're close. You're hamstringing yourself. Because yeah. not, not only that. is it good for your, your contracts and other people have to pay you, but the moment you get there, you get to get $10 for every single track you've laid. So, right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely incentivizing you to get there. Yeah, so, I, was, uh, I was trying to figure out if somebody else can get... To to Trieste and you could still win? Like, is there a strategy? I th- I don't know. I will mm. say this, though. The winner of ever of all five games I've played has gotten to Trieste. So there has not been a game where they have not. So that... Uh, mm. And that's uh, the thing. That, that yeah. is something that bugs me a little bit because I like that I like that rule, that idea that if no one gets there, then the contracts are just nothing. Right, right. But if every game someone's getting there, then... However, I will say this. At this current moment, every game I've played has been with new people. And there is a new player setup that is supposed to be a little bit nicer. Okay. Oh, that's true. So if we went random, it may be very hard to actually get, get to down there. Okay. To there. And then that may be the case. That's true. So, so that it even randomizes like the hubs and everything right yeah yep okay that, that, it's all well, yeah that would be interesting, so then though. that would make it a little yeah. bit tougher so yeah so that's uh yeah that's a good point i hadn't even thought about that i mean so. can you imagine if you had like for example all those 
uh, those are, are they the hubs where you're selling your coal and your uh, yeah is that what's that called actually this is a station or now that you I think about it, I think the hubs still have to go in, in those okay. spots. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, okay. if you had all those things. in the corner, that would, yeah, that be, would be impossible. Yeah. yeah, I think, no, I think it those are, so, <laughs> it might be, but everybody starts in a city, okay? And when you move out when the in the fixed one, you know, you've got some smaller numbers there, you know, like the twos right, and threes right, right. that you need for those engineers. If you all of a sudden had everyone there, like their fives or whatever, it might be a couple of, you know, rounds before anybody's even able to build any track to get out of there. So I don't know, might be, you know, even a better game. I don't know. We've talked about this in previous episodes. I certainly talked about it in the online play that I had of this before it was published or available here in the States. This game for a new player, you can get splattered. You definitely can. Uh, It is so tight with resources. And we talked about it. It's so tight with resources that you can be planning. What, What often can happen is you can be planning to try to sell something and God forbid somebody else is going that same route and trying to sell something. You've you mismanage how long it's going to take you or the money it's going to take you to build the rail to make that connection, and then somebody else sells it, and now that big chunk of money you were absolutely counting on is totally gone. And then you have to sell, like Clef said, you have to sell to an investor in a in a really uh, inopportune way and right, lose right. a lot yeah, of money on the deal. And, uh, of course take 10% off on the back end If, if you get, if you make it that long, basically. Yeah. You need to, when you first start that first round, your thought process needs to be, how am I going to get a factory? Where am I going to build a factory? What am I going to build? And how do I build rail to a hub to make money? Because that's going to be, Otherwise, you're going to be like the slow boat to China and taking that little $10 spot. So, yeah. And your decision should also be based on turn order because a lot of times, too, if you're going to be later in turn order and somebody else builds the same factory that you were going to build and they're going to get there sooner, you could be really screwed. Well, I think workers also, like, especially early, because obviously your first one or two turns, you need to take workers. Uh, and you need to worry uh, about that. As far as terror, the, the, well. the rule book has some suggestions in it and says round one, buy more engineers. You know, it's like a, yeah. that's you, you have to do that because otherwise you're not going to be able to build. So, yeah, go on. Sorry, Richie. Yep. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, as far as turn, turn order goes, I think that's huge as well because you, if you are only have access to one of the, what are they called? Stations? Stay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure. I don't know. Whatever the, it is. The stations yeah. where you buy your workers or your engineers from. If you only have access to one of them and the other players, are in that and they can just buy them up and jack the prices up and shut you out and shut you out. You're you're in trouble. So, and kind of what Richie's talking about is there's an influence track that, you know, for, for first thing it determines player order, but then you have these four different colors of hubs that where you can buy workers and, and do, uh, and buy these specialty workers and your influence has to be at that level or higher for you to be able to go and purchase these engineers uh, from. If you're not at those levels, you can't do it. So if you're at a, let's say, only two different ones, let's say you can only get to the the, the green and the the blue or whatever, right? And somebody has gone and, and kind of jacked the prices up already and you're next and that's the only places you can go to, ooh, that can be painful because instead of paying – uh, like maybe 60 bucks to get three workers, you're paying like 140 bucks to get three workers. Mm-hmm. So that can be really tough. Yeah. So you, you got to for sure watch that. Yeah. It's a lot of planning ahead in this game. 
Which makes sense because that uh, this is a designer for Lignum as this well. This is right? definitely designer for yeah. Lignum, and if you've played Lignum, you have to plan. I mean, this one I don't even think is as close as how much you have to plan in Lignum because no. you really got to plan in Lignum. But uh, it's still it does take a lot of planning, and, and you need to whatever path you take, you need to go down it full force. Yeah, you you cannot be kind of <laughs> yeah wishy washy on where mm. you're going to go and how you're going to do it. The interesting thing, though, I think Lignum has a different feel. Like, oh crap, you know, I got, I, I did, I got, you know, I didn't get this. Uh, I'm really, you know, I'm screwed for. But like this game has a more interesting feel. I feel like it, where if you are off in your planning, you just start to. If you're way off, you just start to circle the drain. Like I feel like even more so. It, it's one of those things where you you really can get that death spiral well, going. There, there are two spots in this. You know, two action spots that you have in this game one is go get ten dollars which ten dollars is the minute you know like they're ten dollars there's not dollars or whatever so ten dollars and there's a literally a spot that says pass okay now normally in a game you look at especially like a ten dollar spot and you know or a dollar spot whatever it'd be in the game and you'd be like okay that's like a oh only if you're in bad shape no i mean even if you're doing well you will go to that ten dollar spot at least once, maybe twice in a game. Because Definitely. Just, especially early. Especially early, yeah. you know. Now that pass spot, I mean. That's, things are going bad. Things are going bad. <laughs> things are going bad. When uh. Chad stacks three of his speed spots <laughs> on there at one point, I'm like, whoa. It starts talking to Missy about beads yeah. or whatever you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I like, I think you know, I had to finish up his turn or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <laughs> boom, I'm out. I wasn't even mad enough to say Jacobson at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boom, I'm cashing bad. in my chips. <laughs> Here we go. But I do like in this that it's, you know, it's worker placement, but you are never blocked from a spot. Right. You can go back to a spot, but if you have already gone there, you're going to lose influence, which, which could be rough. Turn order, that's yes, turn which order, could really hurt you, or or being able to go get cheaper people, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, or exactly. A specific person because you got to go get those tunnel builders or those uh, bridge builders to be. Get, there is no way to get to Trieste without having an engineer of either the tunnel or the bridge. You you can't do it, mm. so you have to be able to go get one of those guys too. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot going yeah. on in this game. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you like heavy, complicated uh, planning type of games, I mean, it's definitely what that is. So, so I've played so. this game with three and four players. Uh, have you played it with two? I have played it with two. So I have played all player counts. And I will say three or four is my preferred counts. Two was a little bit too loose. Like I didn't feel yeah. like it's a big board. So I yeah, there wasn't anything, you know, like one person kind of went one way and one person went another way. And I didn't, you know, didn't really, uh, in fact, I've played it twice at two player. And, but I mean, I don't dislike it at two player, but I liked the three and four just because it was more interaction going on. Mm -hmm. What I might say is unless you just feel like uh, really comfortable and uh, you're the kind of group that just, goes at each other and that's the way you want to be the first play maybe for some people it's valuable to learn the game as a two-player game where you're learning how to plan without bumping into each other so, quite so that's much a good point i would not disagree with that that might you know that might have been good for you chad you know to kind of have a little bit right. you know easier time or whatever where now that i'm kind of experienced i want a little bit more player interaction mm. of building routes and trying to get to places faster and stuff like that so yeah that's a good call but I mean, I would say all player accounts are fine. I would just say I like the, the higher ones for, Absolutely. for the interaction. Yeah. It's so. made for that. Uh, 
talk a little bit about replayability, uh, variability and replayability. Um, Richie, I mean, you haven't gotten to play it a lot, so but no. I mean, I mean what's your thoughts so far? Um, I mean, uh, I mean, it's more like a first impression for me. The the replayability though, I, I like the puzzle. I don't know once you figure that out that puzzle, the replayability will suffer a little bit. But I think mixing up those the board just uh-huh. at the startup would be huge, right? As far as mixing up what you can actually do and where people are going to try to go and forcing that interaction that way. Yeah, you got to keep in mind that the interaction is what's going to change this game, I think, too. So even if the, there's not a lot of variability, still, you know, you're going to get that. You Just like in Food Chain, you may fulfill my order that I wanted to, to do, but not in, you know, in a different way than last time. Or, you know, di- I think there's different uh, avenues of interaction to keep it more variable and replayable. It's just it's just getting to that, which... Clef, I, I think uh, you can tell us about your uh, thoughts on replayability and variability, but I think you should also mention what your what your journey was with this game, how you felt about it as you played more and more. Well, I, you know, I got into Austria, and this guy said, toot, toot, chugga, chugga, ch-. oh, no, all right, oh, no, you're not talking about that journey. Oh, okay. Okay, and I, and I will touch a little bit. First of all, I mean, I will say, I definitely feel like for this type of game, I think it has a lot more variability than, uh, you know, some other type of, you know, it's not food chain, you know, variability by any links of the imagination, but I still think it has some interesting things that can change. And especially which I haven't even explored yet. And yet I've played the game five times and I'm still interested in playing it more. So I think that with what can change and how you can move things around and, you know, it has a whole bunch of different things that you can kind of do variable. I think it has, I think it has some good legs. I think it has an interesting change. And I think replayability, I feel like I said, I want to try to see, can I make the passenger thing work? Maybe I can, maybe there is a way that, and I don't realize I'm looking forward to trying to give that kind of a try or whatever and, and try to do that way as opposed to the investor way or whatever. So I think there's some good replayability. Uh, journey wise. Yeah. I mean, the first time I played this, it was a teaching game that Joe Farrell taught and it was a four player. And I, I mean, I felt like I did okay. You know, because like I said, I had read the rule book. So, I mean, I had a little bit more, I was only like a hundred dollars behind Joe or something like that at the end of the game, which, and I felt like, you know, he had played it a couple of times, I think online or I don't know, maybe it was only once, but we're going to count that as like 10 times for him, you know? So I felt <laughs> pretty good, you know, being close. Um, I know the other two people were whoa, way, you know, it was like, I remember Jake Clark was one of them we played with. And I remember he was just at a point where he's like, Oh, I just, I kind of got stuck and I couldn't get out of it, you know? So he was a little frustrated, but, um, then I played a couple of two player games. And like I said, I found them to be a little too loosey loose. And then I've played the last couple I'd played at three players and I really found, like I said, I think the three play, three player might even be the sweet spot because you still have that good interaction yet. You don't, you know, it obviously maybe is not quite as long. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of been my journey and I mean, yeah, it's still interesting for me and I'm still wanting to get it back to the table to play some more. Yeah. Cause I remember you saying, Oh, I thought, I, Oh, I thought it was okay. You know, but then as you played, you're like, Oh, I think there's more and more to this. I really yeah, see it's what's going on growing and, on me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would, and I would certainly say a lot of, I can see a lot of people who play this game have Jake Clark's reaction. It, it, and and it, that is nothing to Joe's teach because Joe is a fa- I think Joe Farrell is a fantastic teacher, mm-hmm. and so he 
you know, he teaches games very, very well, but it is, it's just really hard to see some of the ways that these things work together if you're not reading the rule book and if it because it's so much again it's so much cognitive overload up front because of the way that the board is laid out and how you have to make first decisions right, right. and again like just remembering what those 11 different actions are just based on the iconography it's the a lot. same thing that we talked about last episode with weather machine you know i mean you're just you cannot teach these games and then just be like, oh, okay, I understand it, and let's mm. play. You know, I mean, you're just not going to do those. And, you know, I mean, and I'll say, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, I think you guys are great, smart gamers and learn games quickly. I know Jake Clark is an amazing, great gamer and, and learns games quickly. And yet, you know, yes, it is hard to give rules and get and then understand what to do. But to me, that's a sign of a good game. I don't want a game that somebody just as here's the rules and I'm going to be like, okay, well, I obviously this is, you know, this is how I do it. And this is not a, a hard thing for me to grasp and understand how to play it. I, well, I mean, some of those games might not be bad, but I'm just saying for me, that's what I like in a game. I mean, we tried teaching food chain magnate to Jason Brent and, and Tim Alvarez at, at uh, six player game, of six food player chain. game of food chain uh, <laughs> at, like at first, one o'clock in the morning, yeah, you know, probably not first, a good first teach, but it is really tough to say, well, here's the rules. And then they just look at you and you go, okay, so what should I do? What should I buy? How do I do? Yeah. You can't teach somebody that no. in one player for quite honestly, in food chain, two or three plays. It takes a while to understand what you're going to do, but that's the fun journey that I like. Sure. And if I just want to say to our listeners, if you're looking into this game though, the thing that you should be aware of is that whereas weather machine you can not know and go, you know, go on and play and you're doing some stuff. This game can feel like it, in your first play, if you're not careful, this game can feel like you're, you're just like, whoa, there is not much I can do left okay. here. And, yeah. and, and you don't feel like you're accomplishing much because you are in a corner. Uh, now, Vinos is a, is, is a game where if you didn't, and, and that was one of his first earlier uh, unforgiving designs, you can get into that death spiral in that way too and, and be a little bit caught. So we should go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we've, we've really talked well, you know, a lot about this game. I, hopefully we've given our, our punch bunch uh, some good knowledge if they were thinking about this or maybe putting it on the radar. Let's uh, let's go ahead and give our final review and final thoughts. Uh, Richie, tell everybody about that wonderful Punchboard Paradise scale. So on Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. All right, let's start with Chad. What do you, what do you got, Chad? Well, uh, I had a little bit of a journey with this game myself because I was the first one of us to play this game yeah. online. And it's always hard for me to play games online and see everything in understand everything so i thought that that was probably the reason for the lowest score ever scored in this game probably uh that i got at the end of this when i first played again the physical copy i learned that no it, it is that game and again like i said i think that it for me it would have been uh better in that first play to have actually read through the rules just to digest all that stuff I think that there is a good game here. It is just a really tight game, and you need to know that going in. You need to know that your first couple plays could be really tough, especially against somebody who's experienced. If they're, you know, if they're putting their foot on your throat, hopefully they're not. But that could that can happen because you can cut people off and and cut off their income, and they don't have much to do. So, but I, I, 
I applaud this effort. I want more games like this from Capstone. I think that this is a better game than Coffee Traders, which I gave a three. I'm going to give this game a four. So that that is my score for uh, for Imperial Steam. All right. Very All right. nice. I'll go next. And like I said, mine's more of a first impression. I didn't get okay. as many plays as I normally do for a review, but I, I loved my play of it. Okay. It was great. And I and more and more these days, I, I am enjoying these games that you can explore that are hard up front mm-hmm. and that, you know, and it could be, you know, you have that splatter effect potentially where, you know, you may be out pretty early, but I like learning those games and I like getting better at those games and continuing to work at those games. There's not been that many great games for me this year. I agree. Uh, and this is one of the better ones that I played, uh, especially for a heavier weight game. Right. Just off of first impressions, I'm sitting at a five. And uh, I could see it potentially going up from there or settling down at a four uh, around there. But first impressions, one of the the better games I've played this year. Very nice. What about you, Clef? Well, first, I'm going to say Capstone, here is your games right here. These are the good ones right here. Rift Force, no, okay? This, <laughs> yes. Make more games like this. I mean, we obviously don't have what's your game making games anymore. We need these nice, meaty Euro games. This is what I'm talking about, and this is a solid, good game. I like the, I, I like the tightness in it. I like the puzzle in it. I'm excited to continue to get it back to the table and try some things. And for me, for for a Euro right now, that's saying something. When I, I still want to get this back to the table, I'm still interested in trying it with new people to see how they feel. Um, you know, hey, somebody wants to play this at PPCon, I am ready to teach it and play it. I mean, I'm excited about this game. I'm going to come in at a very strong five. I don't, it's not quite, you know, going to be whatever thing. I don't think it's quite at a six for me, but it's close. I think there's a very, very strong five and I like this game. And I'll tell you, I mean, at Lignum and now Imperial Steam, uh, you know, whatever Alexander puts out, I am now for sure at the front of the line to be able to buy this game and try it out because I think he did a great job with this game. And yeah. Good you, job, Capstone. I'm, I'm proud of you for printing this game. He uh, he likes crunchy games, so he did that's, a good job. Well, good. there we have it. So your review of Imperial Steam from us is a four from Chad, a five from Richie, and a five from Clef. I, I'll be honest. I thought Chad was going to give it like a two after his. I did too. Uh, as well. like, <laughs> I, I didn't think you were coming in at a four, play. so I am, I am surprised. That, uh, if we were basing it off of one play, <laughs> maybe. No. Uh, you, you, it's, it's a good game. It's just uh, it's just an unforgiving yeah. one. Now, I tell you what. Uh, one more thing about this game we didn't really talk about. There are a lot of bits that you have to, like, you know, they're all, they can be all over the place mm-hmm. if you don't, like, take care of them. Right. Take care of your bits, people. Hey, Punch Bunch, are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray.
Hear ye, hear ye. The Honorable Judge Jacobson is now presiding. Please rise. Court I, don't think, is, no. I don't think judges introduce themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody else is going to do it. That's a good point. <laughs> Well, I'm not rising. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, I have called you here today because I would like to hear your opinion of why these specific games are best to teach for an 18xx experience. And just for the audience, he, he has gone and gotten the modern art gavel, the, the nice one, though, the, from the, the Korean. Yeah, hey, yeah. objection. <laughs> I don't think judges object. <laughs> this is my court. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> Uh, all right uh what games we got (laughs) this does not bode well for you counselor Uh, let's start let's start uh with uh richie what do you got oh you starting with me yeah Uh, i had 18 chesapeake is that correct that's right all right uh i remember joe farrell's face when he was playing 18 something sure and i think that that's typically my face when we talk about 18xx so I rest my case. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Uh, Clef yes. Hayworth. Yes. What do you have to say for 1830? Oh, well, I also remember Joel Farrell's face. And oh, I rest my case. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I have to choose between that. <laughs> oh, wait. Did you have a rebuttal? You didn't have any. Oh, um. No. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Me neither. This is ridiculous. You guys didn't even choose anything. <laughs> You're welcome, Punch Punch. Hey, we worked it out. There you right go, buddy. There, buddy. <laughs> Honestly, I really did try to study at first, and then I kept falling asleep. And then Clef was like, hey, how about we just both abstain from, uh, yeah. from arguing about it? Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's fine. There we go. And honestly, I thought that Clef was trying to just set me up to screw me, and then he would come prepared. Oh, I wish that would have happened. That would have been so much better. That would have been funny. I would have that. would have been funny. That would have been good. But, uh, but even that with would that, mean I would have had to prepare. Yeah. Even with that risk, I was like, it's worth it. Not to, not that study up on the 18th. That's sweet. Oh. <laughs> the punch bunch is dumber for having heard this. Uh, I apologize to them. I award you nothing, and may God have mercy on your souls. And you uh, can hang, hang, hang. <laughs> so I guess then I have to have you both, like, split it. I mean, you both have to. I can't pick one of you for that kind of dreck. I mean, both of you have to play I think, I think we just have to just throw the whole thing out of court. Yeah. I think it's a no, hung that jury. No, that is not happening. And so nothing happens. We don't play anything. That is not happening. Yep. I, no. I agree. I'll make a decision. <laughs> I award I award Richie as the, uh, because you came up with this nonsense. So, Clef, you need to play three games of 1830. I thought Chad was going to say, because I have more of a chance of Clef playing, playing one it. with me than I do well, Richie. There is one on the, there's one on the docket for you, for there sure. You yeah. Well, yes. Well, not of 1830. I mean, I will play. In- I think Chad will take any 18XX game. Okay. Well, will you accept that? Because I will play one. I will try the 18 Dortmund. 
Uh, well, we already know that, but all right. I ain't playing on 1830. I don't care what this book says. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Maybe in a year from now. <laughs> Two uh, years. Or, yeah, you never know. Yeah, he could know be. He, he could get rid of his entire collection, and you go in, and there's just 18xx games. Just oh. like right now, it's only GMT in Compass games. Oh, Look at that. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? I know, it's, that's oh, wild. Chad, you should post so post beautiful. that there on the uh, old Instagram. That's a I nice know. looking picture right He's there. He's got a, a big yeah. shelf of 18xx games. It's, that's nice. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Do we even talk about so, who won the poll of last last time? Uh, no, we didn't. No, we're ready for that. Let's talk about it. Right. So, yeah. Right. We'll, we pull uh, it I, once again, I know it's not me. So, <laughs> no, I honestly don't know if, who won it between you two, but I know it's not me. I was way way back uh and he posted two polls he posted the poll just for last yep, week and yep. then for the full draft so we'll go over both of those here real quick so for the uh the why through our wild card draft chad or actually sorry let's start at the bottom clef, <laughs> <laughs> clef had 20.5 percent of the vote uh i was I yeah, you, you didn't. I think you got some sympathy votes in there. Then I came in uh, second with thirty four point one percent of the vote, and then Chad with forty five point five percent of the vote. We just, we can't let him keep winning. I'll see you in my court next week, gentlemen. <laughs> we got to come back to this court. You know what? I'm going to say 1882 won me that. Uh, sure. All right. And then, I think it was probably Yokohama and. Yeah, Yokohama, Yokohama. I think it was Yokohama. Yokohama. Yeah. <laughs> Yokohama. And he had for his he had barrage for his wild oh, card, which is very, barrage. very popular yeah, amongst the punch good, bunch. So. I thought you had a chance, Richie. I thought Grand Austria was, was I, yeah. I thought so too. I, I tell you what was was not gonna get me there was Maria. So unfortunately. So no. I, however, Evan said he voted for me. So I'm I there was excited go. about that. So thank you, Evan. We just didn't get enough people. I so a couple other people said they voted for me, and then I was yeah. like well, you guys are the only ones because they did. Else is and I don't right. think those people voted for you for the full draft. So, I don't think they came oh, through for that. You, no, no. You did I, much worse than the full draft. Well, when I never won a dice roll, I can't pick any <laughs> game I actually want to pick. No, I mean, I Chad, think, obviously, Chad wins it because he gets all the first picks. I don't uh, know. Not but, for the last, like, Five or six. No, drafts. whatever. No, I mean this is Joe Farrell. Go back over and tell me how many times <laughs> Chad won the dice roll because I guarantee it was more than half. <laughs> you don't have to do that, Joe. <laughs> Joe, I require it. Okay, <laughs> you picked all bridges burning for your A yeah. because you, Age of Steam was already gone. There are a lot of A games. Yeah, exactly. all bridges burning. Yeah, you know. I you mean, can't you don't take even Age like... of Steam. Whatever, you move on. All right, well, you take it. All, all right. bridges burning is a great game. It's one of your least favorite coin games now. That's true. You even told me it was in the bottom. All right, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> right. So for the full draft, Clef had 17.8% of the vote. Ooh. Chad had 40% of the vote. Oh. And I had 42.2% nice. of the vote. Way to go. And I think what helped me there was Brass, uh-huh. Gaia Project. Yep. Yeah. And actually Castles of Burgundy got... I think got me I mean, a lot of yeah, those are yeah, great yeah, games. Yeah. You and did on a Mars. List. I had, oh, yeah, yeah, I had some, some, I had some good yeah, pulls. You there. had some good ones, uh, but it was close between uh, Chad and I. So, yep. uh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys were close. I, I didn't even get to Queen's vote. Architect. I needed that was your cue. Queen's Architect. So. I know, right? That's, I mean, that's not just, a bad game. I always like to point out at least. Well, like it's not three years ago. Three years ago, Clef thought that was a pretty good game. All right, and then he sold it. All right. Well, speaking of speaking of things you change your mind on. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just looking at all of his bad urban sprawl. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> well, Journey speak- to the center of the earth for yeah, your J? Yeah, when I'm picking the
second last <laughs> every single draft. This no, is what you get. No, it's a lack of creativity in my opinion. Oh, my I just want to say, you know, speaking of, of, of games that you have cooled on, uh, I want to say congratulations to Wingspan, which just sold a million copies this last week. Ooh. That is that's impressive. That for, is a feat. Yeah. That, that is really is a feat for a medium weight Euro game. Yes. That is huge for I mean, a you're board talking, game. Period. Yeah, it's a right. hobby talking, game. That's yeah. normally like the code names yeah. or you know Ticket mm -hmm. to Ride or these really big yeah. titles. That's impressive. It, so it congratulations! Really is. That's, that's I'm excited. If yep. a print run sells five thousand copies, like that's a successful game Very in successful our hobby. Game. Yep. So yeah, exactly. they hit a million. So is crazy. Hit a million is. Mm -hmm. That's that's actually just mind blowing. I know. Yeah, yeah. I am I am shocked that that's that high. Wow, isn't that great? Awesome. I, I was uh, big congratulations to uh, Jamie Segmeyer and Stonemeyer Games and to Elizabeth Hardgrave for for that huge accomplishment. And Clef Clef called it. I know he did right. Best he said game this is one of the best games of the year. Yeah, called it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I should have picked it for my W. All, All right. Well, uh, <laughs> since I'm still in control and I still have the gavel, I don't, I don't really know if I want to see you schmucks uh, in my court again, but I'm going to give you your next board court. All okay. right. Okay. At least again, it can't be right. 18XX, All so right. that's good. Roll for the galaxy, race for the galaxy. Okay. 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 All, All right. right. I, that is a good, that's a good board one. card. All right. Yes. All, right. All, right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Looking forward to it. All, All right. right. So we're going to end on a positive note. Uh, even though I, I punch punch, I know you were really looking forward to some good deep eighteen XX discourse, <laughs> but you're talking to the the same guys that didn't do their homework in high school, so it's uh, you know it's a it's a lost cause. This is all true. Yep. <laughs> I made straight A's in high school, <laughs> but I did very little homework. I just, right. so. <laughs> punch punch, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Go to the guild and find out that information about PPCon. It is going to be epic, and we're so excited. And don't forget also to send us in the audio clip for our 100th episode. We'd love to hear from everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Designed by Alexander Humer. Wimmer. <laughs> Alexander Wimmer. <laughs> uh, that definitely got worse than the way you said it. <laughs> that was like, it's Wimmer and Cliff goes, Wimmer. bacon. <laughs>